Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Yes Law, Lyrical Dive into Anderson Pax's discography. Today, we will be looking at the eighth track of his second album, Malibu, which is called Parking Lot. Parking Lot is produced by Jose Rios and Anderson Pax himself, um, and it has piano played by Tanava and Ron Avent, keys by Vicky Farewell Nguyen, bass by Kelsey Gonzalez, and guitar by Jose Rios. So this is all people we've seen before, a bunch of uh, Free Nationals affiliated people. So, we can kind of get an idea of how this will sound. They were all over uh, Venice, and they're on Malibu quite a bit. So, yeah, um, this has a 97 BPM beat. Uh, just a kick and clap drum beat. Um, yeah, it's one of those, uh, I guess, catchy West Coast, West Coast feely R&B songs, I guess you could say. Um, that's really all I gotta say about this, so, yeah, I'm done talking about, like, all production and crap like that, let's get on to the actual song. So, this song starts off with an intro, and it starts off with, well, you told me your whole life story in a few shorts. So, with a few short stories, this girl has told him, Anderson knows all I need to know about her, and this is likely from a first date that he is getting the stories from, so, that's gonna be important information for later all the while i never knew the tone of your voice so while he does know all about her from these uh few short stories this is basically just in terms of like uh like experiences she's had in life and what her past is like and like what she's interested in and stuff he doesn't really know much about her personality though because this uh is implied to be like first date and these stories uh gave him a background to her but not like how she is more like what she is a half an hour i ramble on way too much alone with my own thoughts so here he's saying that he spends way too much time on things that are not really important one example is he brings up up is uh him spending time alone thinking about a lot of different things could be like say dreaming unrealistically uh negative thoughts whether it be regret shame depression or any of that crap really anything that he could be considering waste of time to think about uh he has that um carpe dm mindset we heard in the am i wrong episode so that's not really a good thing by his standards and enough is enough so he has had it and he's just gonna let things go just ignore what he wants to ignore and just move on and forget about the past so after this we go on to his first verse which is uh admittedly kind of short uh there's a plain way hey to call it but it's never the obvious to me so here he is saying that he could see things how they clearly are even if is negative or it's something that he would not want to leave but he chooses not to who just think about it so he can stay positive even if the situation is obviously bad he's not gonna immediately notice it because right now he's just feeling nothing but good vibes i'm in a community i got needs a combination of all my life's complaints and a few strong drinks all the negativity in his life with all those thoughts could easily be washed away with a few drinks. In Christian religions, uh, communion is where you eat a piece of bread and drink a sip of wine as symbolism for the body and blood of Christ. Wine could be the strong drink he's referring to. 
Uh, all from Christianity, you confess your sins to be accepted into God's kingdom. In doing so, you're releasing these negative thoughts from your mind. Such as things that you could be... Uh, these such things you may be complaining about. You, like, are, like, thinking, like, oh, I have a heavy conscience. Crap is happening to me. I don't want to, like, feel it. That could be what he's referring to with all of my all my life complaints. Those could be, like, the guilt he has from the sins that have been bothering him that he's committed. I don't remember the parking lot. I just remember the song he sang. So this is the first indication that there is something bad that happened that took place in a parking lot. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, but right now we just know that Anderson's choosing not to remember it. Rather, he's remembering anything good that came from this time, which is a song that he remembers from that night that he's talking about in here. And it's actually worth noting that this song, as well as some other songs off Malibu, were conceived a few years before the album actually dropped. The song is memorable enough for him to still be singing it to this day and even be putting it on an album. He actually did say um, stuff about, like, how they... Um, well, like it's not Genie's annotation, but it's an interview with LA Record. Um, he did say something about the songs that had been written a couple years prior. Uh, a handful of the tunes that were really good, I kept holding on to them until Malibu. Songs like The Birds, Celebrate, Put Me Through. These are songs I recorded years ago in parking lot in the midst of of hundreds of tunes that I'd recorded. So we know, we actually have indication that's from 2013 because uh, Twitter is a wonderful place. Uh, DJ Zoe oh, tweeted out to Jose Rios, Anderson Pack, and Dumbfounded. One, two, three, come on, can you feel me? Which is actually in the chorus. So I kind of, uh, I spoiled a little bit. And um, Anderson actually tweeted to Dumbfounded, uh, DJ Zoe, and Jose Rios. Uh, remember the park? Law and I mean, obviously, doesn't want to remember the parking lot right now, but it's a clear indication that the song had been in the works for a little bit. And the song we sang, so this pretty much just directly leads into the chorus. He is showing how meaningful the song is to him by singing the song from that night, which happens to be the chorus's song, and that's where we directly lead into. And then we move on to a really uh, deep, overly complex, um, just hook that makes you go, wow, like, this sits with me. It's him saying, one, two, three, come on, you feel me, and basically repeating almost that exact, um, almost that exact line eight times. Uh, he occasionally removes, like, you feel me, or a one, two, three, but it's generally the same throughout the entire hook yeah that's literally all it is this repeated line making up the whole hook could have two meanings he could be directly quoting the song he distinctly remembers that from that night which could have one two three come on you feel me repeated multiple times but he could also be just getting into the rhythm of the song and asking her to possibly even join in in singing the song which i basically infer with you feel me he wants to bring back the memory of this happening and part of that is him singing along with her so that's basically 
uh, what I got from the hook. All right, and then after our first round of the hook, we get a second verse, and it starts with, bring the corners from left to right. So Anderson wants to turn the page and move on from whatever happened. He wants to forget and leave it on the previous page of his book and move on to where the memory won't be there. He wants to just move past in the past and just set goals for the future and just watch, uh, just figure out what's going to happen for his future while ignoring, like, yeah, this happened to me, whatever, it happened in the past i don't really care about it anymore because it's not really like it could even be affecting them today but it's like nothing i can really do about it, so why the hell think about it how many more will it take to get crossfade a crossfade is a feeling you get from a combination of alcohol and marijuana he already had had a number of drinks and blunts and wants to keep going until he can just get into a prime high coming close to midnight and i'm wide awake and ain't you afraid to fade um, well, I guess the line basically started with the crawfish line. Well, not the line, more so the, I guess, uh, a little a little story that he's telling. But, alright, so the coming close to midnight and I'm wide awake and you ain't afraid to fade lines. It's late at night and he's up and not going to bed anytime soon. He thinks she will not be wanting to do this either. Couldn't wait to get you naked on the first date, but you made me wait, so it takes one to make one, the compromise we made. So this is the first indication of anything that happened in the parking lot. While he does not explicitly state what happened, these lines basically confirm that it was something sexual and there's something about it that made it bad for him. Made it really a bad night that he's not going to want to remember. And... Yeah, that's basically how the story is going. He's drinking and smoking with a girl in the parking lot. It's late at night. Um, They did something, and it did not go well at all. It was a bad night. And the uh, verse concludes with, Please believe me, I don't recall the parking lot. I just remember the song we sang, and the song we sang, and the song we sang. Uh, again, he's stating that he does not want to remember the experience they had together to be remembered or just brought up at all. Rather, he wants to remember something good that came out of it, like that nice song they were singing together, because that was a pretty nice song. And uh, we're, I guess, implying that the song that they're singing is in the chorus. And if it is, if my series right, then... Yeah, it is a pretty nice song. Alright, so now we got some uh, more stuff to deal with. We got a... After the second verse, we got uh, another round... Well, I guess half of a round of the hook. And then an interlude. And then another round of the hook. And then the outro. But it's literally the same line for most of it. That's not even really worth covering. Like... I'll literally even say the whole thing right now. Um, hook. One, two, three. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on. And then the interlude. Come on, you feel me. Come on. And then the hook again. Come on, you feel me. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on. Come on, you feel me. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on, you feel me. One, two, three. Come on. And then the outro, which starts off with one, two, three. Come on, you feel me. Come on, you. One, two, three, feel me. But 
there is actually a bit more in the outro, like after all the things done. Uh, you hear, have mercy, baby. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is sampled audio of Wolfman Jack, a famous DJ from the 50s and 60s, California. This is tagged on at the end of the song as a segue to the next song, Lightweight, which features Free National United Fellowship Choir. Uh, this specific part is at the end of parking lot because Anderson wants to make sure he got his point across. This night is basically like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. It never happened. Like, what experience in the parking lot? Nothing Nothing happened in the parking lot. Alright, conclusion time. So, parking lot finds Anderson telling a girl that they are not to speak of a bad experience together as he's not... Well, I remember the bad stuff about anything from this first date. Rather, he wants to keep a positive mindset. He does this by remembering not the experience he had with her during this time, but rather the good music that was playing that night. And that's basically how I'm going to be able to sum up the song. Uh, I know this was a shorter episode, but like my offense it's there's not really many words to the song and i'm not a music theorist so i'm not like gonna delve deep into the um instrumental or anything or the beats and i'm not gonna be that kind of guy that's like ooh, you hear that um e flat note at uh two minutes and 36 seconds in uh yeah that symbolizes uh i don't know like i'm not the type of guy that will I'm not the type of guy that'll just do it for, like, as a professional gig or anything. Like, I ain't Cole Kushner, who, like, actually does this stuff for a living and, like, studied for it. And I'm pretty sure went to school for it. I wouldn't be surprised because, like, he's a smart guy and he, like, knows what he's doing with it. Like, nah, I'm just a guy that... Uh, reads lyrics off of Genius and try to figure out what the hell it means because got nothing better to do with my life. Uh, at least at the moment. Like, I'll eventually, like, settle down and just um, forget I ever even made this. Like, um, and just give up on it. Uh, hell, I'm surprised I've made this this far. Although, to be fair, uh, I'm dropping this, like, after a long ass hiatus. So, like, uh, I guess that shows my level of commitment to be pretty much bipolar. Because, like, I've been grinding for, like, the past month, even though I haven't, like, dropped anything recently. But, uh, yeah, this this didn't have a lot of words, so therefore the episode doesn't have a lot of minutes. But yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Your support means a lot to me. Uh, go support it on uh, Apple or wherever it is. You can rate podcasts, rate five stars, or share it with uh, your friends. Uh, just do whatever you can. Get the word out. And uh, yeah, that's basically all I have. So I will catch you guys in the next episode. Take care, guys.